Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Psalm 51, verse 1. Well, uh, the 51st Psalm, it's David's Psalm, it's a confessional psalm. And David had been caught in uh, basically a very complex uh, series of sins, uh, including murder, uh, including adultery. Uh, and he's pleading here in the psalm for mercy. So I write, King David, at the height of his kingly power, commits a series of crimes and then tries to cover them up. He has betrayed God on multiple levels, and he, cry, and he tries to hide the truth even from himself. Here David is confessing his grievous sins, and he is pleading to God for mercy. Yeah, it's uh, not so much the crimes of what you would say um, political um, or governmental failure, David feels that his greatest sense of distance has come in his relationship with the Lord. He says, uh, against you and you alone have I sinned. Now, we know that's not the truth. He sinned against Bathsheba. He sinned against Uriah. He sinned against his um, uh, leaders that had put trust in him. He had sinned against the people he was supposed to lead. Uh, in that, but David feels it deepest at his relationship with the Lord. And uh, this idea, I can't get back into relationship with you because of my transgression. I'm counting on your mercy and your steadfast love to restore that relationship. So Chuck, you make a very interesting uh, point in that uh, when congregations uh, uh, confess to a kind of common confession, I think probably uh, the vast majority of them are thinking how they annoyed their wife or screamed at their children, who deserved it probably, but they, uh, kind of what I might call little sins, uh, sins that actually in the course of uh, things don't really mean very much. Uh, uh, it's a good thing to confess that, but, but David's taken it to a much higher level. He's betrayed God in what he has done. Yeah. And I think even to bring that back to ourselves is what we would look at as minor sins, remembering that Jesus doesn't um, categorize sins as one being greater than another in that aspect. But uh, the things that we do become stumbling blocks in our relationship with the Lord. Uh, the thing to remember is that God doesn't love us any less when we sin. Uh, but we feel the distance. Um, I think it was John Ortberg who said something to the effect of, repentance doesn't make me more acceptable to God. It uh, positions me to be prepared to experience Him in His fullest way. And I, I'm misquoting him in that. But um, we, we can only at times, we can at times think... Uh, outward to the people that we have uh, hurt in some way. And part of that is because of the shame we feel in that human relationship. But I think there's a level of guilt that we need to feel directed towards heaven and acknowledging here's the one who loves us the most, who's given us all these opportunities. And we're saying we want to go our own way. 
and so that's part of the repentance process, crying out to the Lord that he would blot out our transgressions. So I, uh, when I, I think of sin, I think of alienation. If you've had an argument with your wife, um, there is an element of minor alienation going on there. there you're not compa- you're, for that t- period of time when it's not, you're not reconciled, there is a, a sense of distance that is being created. The same thing is, happens with God, which is much more Im- is much more significant because uh, our sense of alien we're not we were not built to be alienated. We were built to be in relationship. And all you have to do is go back to the third chapter of Genesis and look at what happens to Adam and Eve when they've sinned against God and God's uh, command not to eat of the uh, the fruit of the garden, of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. But they do. And look what happens after that. Uh, they become self-aware. They become um, self-conscious and they have to clothe themselves suddenly. And then they go and hide as God is walking uh, in the garden, calling out to them. And then they reveal themselves and lie to God about what they've been doing and why they've been doing it. And then when he calls them on that, uh, Adam pipes up and says, well, he goes into blame and shame. And he, he points to, she made it, uh, 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 me do it. And I think it was her, uh, and then he takes it to an even higher level. The woman you made, made me do it. So he's blaming her and he's blaming God and he is sort of exempting himself. That's total alienation. It's not going to go anywhere good. And in fact, they are alienated from this beautiful garden that they had uh, uh, been given to um, look after, essentially. It reminds me of a contemporary praise song that talks about, I'm trading my shame for the glory of the Lord, I believe it is. I don't know what the second part of that is, but it's giving up on that shame. That's what confession and repentance is and allowing the relationship to be restored. The last thing I would say is sincere repentance and confession, sincere. Because if it's not sincere, you're talking to yourself.